Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Welcome back. Speaking with public health advocate and expert, also adjunct professor at the Center for Health Law and Policy and Ethics at the University of Ottawa, David Sweener, talking about e-cigarettes. Uh, someone texted to say, wait a second, I thought nicotine was toxic. And I mean, nicotine poisoning is, is a, a real thing, but just... Clarify that point about sure. nicotine. Yeah, well, uh, the most important lesson to know with toxicity is the, uh, the line that the poison is in the dose. Mm-hmm. That, yes, I mean, a, a relatively small amount of caffeine will kill us, or a small amount of, of nicotine will, will kill us, but it's much larger than what anybody would be getting from, uh, uh, from a cigarette or from a cup of coffee. Uh, that the, uh, the amount of nicotine that smokers need or want uh, you know that dosage level is is going to cause uh, you know some problems for fetal health. You know if uh, somebody's uh, smoking while pregnant, uh, certainly a risk to the fetus. There is apparently some risk to people who have you know significant heart issues, uh, just as there is with caffeine. Uh, you know something that will uh, sort of pick you up uh, is is a bit of a challenge. But overall, when you you talk to the people who are the world's greatest experts on nicotine, and their view is, you know, the, the risk is really, really small at the dosage level somebody would be using. If people got their nicotine without getting smoke, if they got it in a, uh, a non-toxic delivery system, we really wouldn't be worrying about it from a public health standpoint. You, know, you don't see us putting out uh, uh, pamphlets uh, or protesting in front of, uh, of Tim's. Uh, you know, we accept people use, use caffeine, and it doesn't seem to cause very much harm. You know, who really cares? If you're getting your caffeine from something that was toxic, I mean, as to say, if it was radioactive, if you're finding a way to smoke tea leaves, we'd be worried about it because that does have long-term health consequences. Yeah, but and the, people should know. I mean, you could walk in any drugstore anywhere in this country, buy a, a bottle of caffeine pills with enough caffeine in it to kill you. Oh, yeah, yeah, bottles of lots of different things that are enough to kill you. Yeah, the key well, thing exactly. is simply let people know, you know, how to properly use these sorts of things, what they're going to do. Nicotine has an advantage in a way in that uh, apparently if somebody does try to overdose on, on nicotine, the body just rebels, you just throw up. So it would be very hard to do yourself serious damage on uh, on nicotine, uh, if you compare that to analgesics, um, you know where lots of people poison themselves. But the the drug itself, you know, really isn't the uh, the problem. And it's not to say that it's benign. I mean, not, very few things are. It's just to say the risk could be so small if people weren't getting the drug in their system by smoking it. You know, anything we get into our body by inhaling smoke, long term, has a high probability of killing us. And we've got this amazing situation where. There's a tremendous number of people who need or want nicotine. And, you know, and nicotine actually does a lot of good things for a lot of people. I mean, there's reasons why people use drugs. Uh, and certainly there's a tremendous number of Canadians who aren't going to quit. And there's about 5 million Canadians now who are using nicotine. What we've done, I mean, it's just, a, I think, a public policy travesty. We've basically made it impossible for people to get that nicotine until you know, recently with e-cigarettes. We, we'd made it impossible to get that nicotine other than by smoking it. 
And, I mean, we've, we've enshrined a really dirty delivery system. You know, it's like saying, sure, you can drive a car, but we will only let you have cars if they have absolutely no safety features in them, no airbags, no seatbelts, no collapsing steering columns, no non-splintering dashboards, uh, and, and, oh, and an exploding gas tank. And we'll make it illegal for anybody to bring in anything else. Or if somebody tries to introduce a safer car, we will hassle them to death. Uh, I mean, it's, it's an absurd situation where the vast majority of smokers you know, are convinced they don't want to smoke. They wish they didn't smoke. They're trying not to smoke. Uh, and if we could simply separate the drug that they, they need or want from the delivery system, you know, we'd largely solve the problem. And then we could also deal with the whole issue of addiction, because many smokers don't want to be using nicotine long-term. You could save their lives by giving them nicotine in a cleaner way. But the thing with cigarettes, too, is that cigarettes are an incredibly addictive way to get a drug. Mm -hmm. So if you smoke, uh, because you get this very rapid uptake of the uh, the drug, hits your brain in a few seconds, wears off fairly quickly, you want another hit. It's like using um, IV drugs. So the... The way you get a drug into your system not only dictates the harm you're doing uh, uh, to your your health, things like smoke or a dirty needle, but it also dictates how addictive the uh, the drug is going to be. So we have fairly simple ways to make nicotine use uh, massively less hazardous from a a health standpoint and significantly less addictive, so it would be easier for somebody to give it up. As, as we see with things like e-cigarettes, when you talk to people who are using e-cigarettes, how many of them uh, transition to ever lower levels of nicotine to the point that they're not using any at all? Uh, you can't do that with a cigarette. I mean, cigarettes are just such an effective delivery system. It's very, very hard for anybody to try to adjust what they're doing. Uh, with a, a, a vaping product, you can get a lower nicotine uh, a liquid if you want. And if we look at this as being... You know, with vape shops now, we've got so many hundreds of them across the country. They're, they're small businesses. They're often, almost always, people who have managed to, uh, to quit smoking by vaping. You know, they are really committed to this. They, I've been into many of them and just listened to them talking to, uh, to customers. And what they, they will do, I think, is just way better than we've ever seen from our, our smoking cessation clinics. Uh, they have a, a business incentive to do something that's improving other people's health. And we've seen this before. You know, if we go back to the 1940s, our leading cause of, uh, of cancer in, in Canada wasn't lung cancer the way it is now caused by smoking. It was stomach cancer. It was stomach cancer caused by the sort of diets we had. Stomach cancer is now really rare. And it's rare because people changed their diets. And what allowed them to change their diets wasn't some huge breakthrough from, uh, uh, from medical uh, researchers or scientists or a multi-billion dollar government program. It was refrigeration. People were able to get refrigerators that allowed them to preserve food better. They didn't need as much highly salted, pickled, smoked foods. Uh, the food you know, wasn't going bad. They get more fresh fruits and vegetables. That's what they wanted to do. And when they did that, you know, we largely eliminated stomach cancer. It's mercifully rare now. It didn't cost us anything. People actually made money making, distributing, selling, servicing refrigerators. And we have the same sort of option here, that we don't need a, a huge intervention uh, with you know, tremendous expenditure of government taxpayer money. Uh, we don't need to be hectoring the smokers more. They already want to quit. What we need is, is to allow, in effect, a market to work, allow uh, people to get accurate information about relative risk, uh, to know what's uh, in the products, let's have some standards. 
uh, let's ensure that, uh, that they have a price advantage in the marketplace. You know, make sure that cigarettes cost more because of taxation, the way we did in uh, many countries, moving people from um, leaded to unleaded gasoline. I mean, we could go through a rapid, rapid transformation here that would dwarf what we've seen in other health issues. You know, we, we have reduced the, the, the death rate per mile driven in Canada in automobiles by over 80% since the time I was a teenager, uh, which sadly is quite a few decades now. But if we, uh, if we moved with, uh, with nicotine, we could see you know, 95 98% reduction in risk, and we could do it very, very quickly. Because people are already saying, I wish I didn't smoke. I'd like to have something else. We could have private enterprise make those things available. We could have government programs that ensured these products were as safe as possible, gave accurate information to consumers, encouraged the development of ever better products that were ever more effective, getting people off smoking. And we have a solution to our leading cause of preventable death. I, so, I mean, I think you can tell from the tone of my voice how frustrating it is you know, after spending decades and watching people die unnecessarily from smoking, to know we could solve this. Yeah. It, it really isn't all that hard. And the very people who should be overjoyed and looking at, man, you know, this could go the way of smallpox. This could be like getting rid of scurvy, you know, that we're going to get rid of one of these you know, t- terrible, terrible causes of ill health. And instead they're doing, well, why don't we put more barriers in the way of this? And and without recognizing or acknowledging that the more barriers you put in the way of alternatives to cigarettes, the more you support cigarettes well, because that's, that's uh, what they're going to use instead. That's just it. David, unfortunately, we got to leave it there. We're out of time, but uh, we'll, we'll do this again. Appreciate you uh, spending some time with us here this afternoon, though. Always great chatting with you. Take care. I appreciate it. Uh, David Sweener, a longtime public health advocate, longtime anti-smoking activist, uh, adjunct professor in the Center for Health Law Policy and Ethics at the University of Ottawa. I mean, here's the crux of it. If every smoker tomorrow switched to e-cigarettes, it would be a tremendous public health benefit. Conversely, though, if every single person who doesn't use either all of a sudden took up e-cigarettes, that would be a health negative. So we got to find, you know, the sweet spot in between. And David makes several excellent points. Uh, we're back to wrap things up right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.